5 o'clock in Pirate Country, and 94.3 The Game is going to get you home with the P-Man. In 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Lock it in. Turn it up. It's time for the Patrick Johnson Show on 94.3 The Game. This is the flagship station of the ECU Pirates. I had that feeling at halftime that this game was going to go down the wire. You know, I know we got down 17 there in the third quarter, but the kids never flinched. Uh, you know, they kept fighting, and I, I just I, I just felt like if we got them to the fourth quarter, they have not had to play a complete game all year. We've been in two dog fights, you know, and, and they've, they've, been, they've been done by the end of the third. So, um, and it's what happened. We got it to the fourth. Our kids were in better shape, better conditioning. We got the momentum, uh, and then we just had, you know, Guy after guy just make really just gutsy plays down the stretch. And I mean, Holt Naylor's, I mean, for all the hate and all the negativity and everything that he took for this past week, I mean, I, I would hope that he shut all of them the hell up. Wow. There you go. Uh, Pirates with a uh, comeback for the ages. In uh, one of those games that. I don't know. You just never felt like it was over. It just kept like it kind of kept going. And look, ECU played fabulous. Marshall played not real well. I mean, they didn't do anything to win the game in the fourth. But I do think the Pirates were a lot better conditioned. Hey, everybody, it's great to have you with us. We have a huge uh, show today. and We have a huge week ahead of us here today on the program. Um, Obviously, everybody around Pirate Nation is very excited about the comeback win. Is this a... A, a turning point moment. Well, we will sh- we shall see. We'll have more from Coach Houston and more from uh, uh, Holt Nailers and others coming up. Uh, the Panthers are two and zero. How about that? Uh, Good weekend. Good the weekend. Panthers uh, have one of the best, if not the best, defense in the NFL. Statistically, the best. And uh, they are now uh, off to the two and zero beginning, but they have the tough turnaround for Thursday as the road team, which in some ways I think that can be a little easier if you're the road team than the home team, but we'll see. Well, the good news is they play the Texans. If you were going to have a tough turnaround or a quick turnaround and play somebody, you would pick the Texans. Have not played murderer's row of quarterbacks so far. That is that is for sure. That's been Byram over there, by the way. Hey, Ben. Jim Zoki coming up on the Panthers. Courtney uh, is here, and Courtney had quite the weekend too. So there you go. It's 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 – it's been, a wild, it it's been a wild weekend all around. So, obviously, where do you start? Do you start with the Panthers? We're going to get to Zoke that in the second segment. I did want to talk about the ECU win. Quite obviously, today, there were a lot of other things that happened over the weekend. What a great game last night on Sunday Night Football uh, as uh, Baltimore rallied uh, to beat the uh, Chiefs. Really, really good football game. But as things often have a, a way of working out, Ben, you plan the show and Okay, well, this we'll we'll do this, we'll do that, but then a little nugget is dropped on your plate. A couple hours for the show in this case. Uh, reported about an hour ago, actually. I want to get your immediate reaction to this because I, I I think your reaction is the same reaction that some other fans may have. But the AAC, the American Athletic Conference, has announced that Mike Oresco has received a three-year contract extension through June 25. So through the 2025 calendar year ending uh, ending on, uh, well, I would presume the end of June, kind of one of those fiscal year deals. So there you go. What is your reaction to that immediately when you hear that? 
Well, my first thought was the conference is falling apart. I mean, it very well could be a possibility there won't be a conference anymore, <laughs> and this guy gets an expansion. It makes absolutely no sense to me. I, I don't understand it. Don't understand. What has he done? Well, he did bring a really good football uh, and basketball media deal to the table. I mean, the uh, that's teams are getting paid a lot more, and he is trying to preserve it. The thing is this, and this is what is a little frustrating to me. We have, and we've always had a great rapport with the commissioner. And it's not like the commissioner's out there doing interviews with other people. It's not personal. You know, it's, it's nothing personal with that guy. It's just. Well, here, but let me, let me finish my thought here. Here's what I'm, uh, I think he owes it to media that has an interest in covering his league to give us an idea of where all these talk. Now, I understand he can't name you know we've been in talks with somebody who's i mean I, I get the whole thing about tampering and all that but i just i don't feel like the conference during this whole process I, i'm just curious to find out from him if true how we went from the aac being in the catbird seat and possibly pulling members out of the big 12 into the american how we went from from that and the big 12 sending a cease and desist letter in other words that would lead you to believe that the big 12 had that, that kind of in, in my mind that created some legitimacy to the report that the American was being aggressive till we get to a week and a half ago. And now you have teams leaving and going to the big 12. What has transpired between point a and point B here? So were the things that were, I mean, the big 12, is not just suing or threatening suit against the American out of the blue? And then how does how does it work that the Big Twelve then poaches the Americans' members after threatening a lawsuit for for ESPN and the American, I guess, allegedly tampering? Well, not only that, you go from looking at teams to poach from the Big Twelve to looking at teams to poach from the Mountain West. I mean, that's quite a drop off there. Well, I'm so. just I'm just curious how we got from one side to the other. And look, I think the commissioner, when he's been on, has been a, a pretty forthright guy with us by and large. He gives you more than enough information. Now you get a lot of information with him. There's no two ways about that. I think that the commissioner has been uh, an advocate of ECU traditionally, so that's a good thing. Everybody, I mean, look, these fans are saying, hey, why don't we have uh, Charlotte or Appalachian State join the league? Well, in a way, that hurts ECU. Not in a way, it does. That would hurt ECU, in my opinion. And it would hurt ECU on the recruiting trail. And that's where it would really hurt ECU in football, in my opinion. So I think it's a, a good thing. And I think the commissioner is maybe looking out for members that are still in the in the conference. We, you know, we talked a little bit about that report on Friday that, as you stated, Ben, has the American looking for members of the um, – Mountain, Mountain West. West. You can't even remember the, the conference well, name. It's that bad. The Mountain West to join the American. And uh, UAB was also one of the candidates. By yeah, For the most part, they're all major metros. The football is, I think, at Boise pretty good. Of course, Boise got beat this weekend. That's really the only name that kind of stands out to me. Outside well, of that, San Diego State's of... had some, some, some uh, success at times. They don't draw though, even when they're good. Well, I was gonna say that's a long ways to go to to play a football game or, or more or less to play any other sport. It's it's an impossibly long way to go. 
Um, you know, the Colorado State thing, the Air Force thing, don't bother me that much. I, I, I could rationalize that. I think it makes a little bit of sense, especially if you're going to have Boise go. So I, I think anything but San Diego and that deal maybe makes a little bit of sense. With all of that said, in order to keep the, the dollars where they are, or maybe expand the dollars, the, the American certainly has to go and find major metro type of markets to bring to the equation. Boise is a bigger TV market than Greenville. Um, I guess Colorado Springs, the, the argument is it would bring you Denver, but probably not. San Diego, we know, is a top media market in the country. Birmingham's a big market. Um, so, yeah, that, that's some of that it makes me scratch my head a little bit. But some of it does make me, uh, I understand what they're going to go for there. The other side of the coin is just get the best football. And if you get the best football, that look what will happen. Well, that's not, that's not the case because I think historically, Boise certainly is right up there with what UCF and Cincinnati have done. Now, I think the Cincinnati team, as they proved this weekend, is really, really good. Those UCF teams of a couple of years ago were really, really good. I mean, could play with anybody in the country really, really good. Same thing, I think, with last year and this year's Cincinnati team. But if you look at the historical, you know, perspective in the last decade, I think you could certainly make the argument that Boise has probably had the more consistent program of than any those of those two. Yeah. yeah, than those two. So that it doesn't mean if you have the best football, you're going anywhere. That helps. But I think what what the American is banking on is ECU is going to get better and start to win games. That USF is going to get its act together and because they're in the state of Florida win games. I really doubt you're going to see one of those South Florida universities, uh, FAU or FIU, at it again. I think it's to kind of protect the the Florida brand as it is for South Florida. I, I, that seems to be the direction they're going with this expansion. I, might even be a reason you don't see ODU. Because, again, that's kind of in, a, in an ECU hotbed for, for recruiting. Pirates theoretically having a recruiting advantage over, you know, somebody if they were going in a head-to-head battle against Old Dominion. You bring Appalachian State in or Charlotte in, and they could tell the recruit, why are you going to go all that way when you could play here, closer to home? Why are you going to go halfway across the state? And let's face it, the Charlotte market is the, is the hot recruiting bed market in North Carolina, that, that whole Charlotte and I-74 corridor to the Sandhills. It's closer to Charlotte than it is uh, to here. Charlotte's closer to Boone than it is to here. So why on earth would you want to be rooting for them again? And if you're an ECU fan, because any advantage you have in being in the perceived better conference, which let's face it, the American right now is the better conference front to top to bottom than the Sun Belt or Conference USA. I think the interest with App State and teams like Charlotte and, you know, we've heard Coastal Carolina's teams that people want – is that there's more interest there regionally? I mean, those are natural well, that, rivalries, right there. Schedule regionally. them in the non-conference, then. Yeah. Well, play them in the non-conference. There's, I, there's no reason. I mean, if that's what you're going for, but you just you lose any advantage you would have on the recruiting trail if you let those schools in and you're going head to head with somebody and know, it's in their own backyard. I don't necessarily believe that. I mean, I think there's an argument to be made, or no. the natural pitch that can be made that. Okay, you're a great talent, but you're not going to play right away at App State. You can come to a place like ECU and play right away and get plenty of playing time. I mean, it kind of evens the playing field a little bit. So, I mean, you could uh, stuff like that happens in recruiting all the time. <laughs> well, look, one thing in many, many years of this is college coaches are going to, oh, we don't promise anybody playing time. Yeah. 
They do. Now, they may not be truthful when they promise them playing time. Yeah. But I, I just don't think that's a – people want to go where there's where it's a winner, and you want to go to the biggest stage possible to showcase your skills. You want to go to the best TV deal possible. Right now, the TV deal that the American has is far superior to the Conference USA deal. Let me say this about Conference USA's television the other night. What did you notice about that telecast, Ben? What was the one thing that – is there anything that stood out to you about that telecast on Facebook the other night? It was god-awful. <laughs> it was on Facebook Live. <laughs> I mean, it was terrible. But, I mean, did anything to you seem like, uh, boy, that's kind of out of uh, – something about this just doesn't seem like a normal football No game. commercials. Exactly. I, yeah. I, it took me about midway the third quarter to realize, have they put a commercial on in this game? Yeah. Instead, we got polls. <laughs> we have polls about what's the greatest well, college you, football you know, movie. I, I thought it was interesting that even in a stream like that, yeah. that they didn't um, – that they didn't have, you know, like an institutional or commercial for the league or yeah. something, or, or, or something. That, that was really I, that dawned of it. You know what? There's no now. The game still lasted three hours and forty minutes with no commercials. Oh, these football games just they take too long. Yeah. But look, I've a few years ago when Time Warner had the rights to do the championships, and I would fill in on their regular season games occasionally. They would, you'd have no commercials during the quarter. Like, there's no stoppage. Uh, granted, these were high school games. Now, you know, during this, the championships and the playoffs, it's a different story. But do you know how hard it is to do a, like, a straight-through quarter of, yeah, that's, that without a break? No good, yeah. of any, I mean, sometimes you just need a break to reset yourself or to, to kind of discuss, hey, what we're, why don't we talk about this, like, with your – these guys went straight. Th- so, from that standpoint, I had a lot of respect for the crew and, and for the announcers and all that because – that is tough to go the whole game. Whoever produced that needs to be promoted or to, to the, like the highest level possible because that that like nobody got a break when they went on the air. They stayed on the air. Everybody involved in that were on the air till the end of the till they signed off. The about the only that was crazy. They got were when there was like pre-recorded segments or you know vignettes. Or well, yeah, I guess halftime yeah, or yeah, anything exactly. like that. But I mean, and I thought it was cool that they featured the ECU. Uh, members of the 70 team that were up there to honor Marshall. That was very uh, classy during the game. But I'll tell you what, that, whew, boy, that was that was something. That really was something. I don't think anybody was really a huge fan of that whole Facebook Live well, deal. Well, I, I tell you what, <coughs> I th- the biggest complaint I, I guess I've heard is that people had a hard time finding it. And I know we tweeted it out, and ECU, I thought, did a fairly good job of tweeting it out. But there were still people that, because what it was under conference, it wasn't even under CBS Sports or CBS Sports. Usually, if you if you are going to do something like that, that's in its infancy, it would seem to me you would put it out on CBS Sports's website, uh, CBS Sports Network's web uh, Facebook page, I should say, uh, the Marshall Facebook page, the ECU. Fa- in other words, sp- send it out as many places as you possibly can. We, I mean, hell, we did that with the volleyball. Yeah. Up the road for Conley and uh, Rose, we put it on all of our Facebook pages for all the IBX stations. Yeah. So it doesn't matter where it's coming from as long as people are watching it. I, I just, to me, I didn't make any, it, they didn't even put it under the Conference USA page, I don't think. They put it under Conference USA Live, I think. Like, it wasn't even Conference USA Live. It was like Live Conference USA, which who is finding that? And I don't even know <laughs> if that's the official stream. <laughs> like, that doesn't even sound like an official stream there. That no. sounds like a knockoff or something. So, so. That, that was the hard thing, I think, for that. Look, good for radio. That means a lot of people were probably tuning in on the radio broadcast. 
a lot already do, but uh, a lot of people were, I'm sure, seeking the radio uh, commentary because they might have not been able to find things. I, I just thought that was that was the biggest thing. I, look, you, you can pick apart any broadcast. Of course. Yeah. Uh, no, anyway, whatsoever. Hammering the talent or anything. It just, I wasn't a fan of the whole Facebook Live deal. Well, I just think it was hard for people to – and were you running into the thing where, like, the poll would come up and then, like, in the middle of the screen – It was the, in the way. The circle for the poll would stay there. Like, yeah, I'd exit I out. I couldn't get rid of it. Yeah, because I didn't want to vote in the stupid poll. And it was there. And it was like, okay, I, I didn't want to vote in the poll. So one of the polls I voted in was the ECU poll, the greatest pirate. No, it was I, I, I missed the pirate poll. I missed I've, that one too. I, I voted. It, I voted. I voted uh, for the Marshall, the the best Marshall pro. Yeah. And I said, okay, well I'll vote, and then this will go away. Was it, it Randy Moss? Was it Randy was Randy Moss. Moss. I, yeah, you I got figured, Moss. Yeah. And it still didn't go away. It still stayed there, even though I voted. So I thought I'll exit out the next time, and then that way this damn thing won't stay in the middle of the screen, and I can watch the game. Had the same problem. Same problem. I exited out to not even vote in their stupid poll. I <laughs> couldn't get rid of it. By the way, could they have picked any worse sports movies? To, I mean, We Are Marshall's a fine movie, but I mean, they really didn't put up a stiff competition. The program. My dad had explained to me what the program. Was. Oh, I had no idea what the, the program, program was. Was so awesome. It was so nineties. <laughs> Robert D. Rayford, who used to be on the uh, Dumbass and Silly Show. Which I think is still in syndication. I thought it was. He funny. was in that movie. I love Waterboy, and my pick was Waterboy. But it was funny. It was kind of funny to me. They had Waterboy over a movie, let's say like Rudy or something like that. Like I don't think Rudy was in there. Rudy were was not on it. Rudy was not on it. See, that would have been a tough one again. We are Marshall and Rudy. A bit people like that Rudy movie. Exactly. I, people I, love that Moody Rudy movie. I was surprised to see the Waterboy up there. Over Courtney, Rudy. have you ever seen Rudy? No. Okay, no. I was gonna say, but even 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 like people who aren't sports fans. My wife loves a Rudy movie now. We got to stop the TV if I'm flipping through and that damn Rudy's on in July or something. I got a confession. Mm. Never seen Rudy. You haven't seen it no, either? No. It's a generational thing. So, But, I mean, Rudy you would think would be up there. I know that's an all-time classic people love and say is a good movie on its own sure. outside of sports genre or whatever. Yeah, I got so. what you're saying there. But, I mean, they didn't exactly stack the deck against We Are Marshall. I mean, no, it, it was, you, you would have cert certainly felt We Are Marshall would have won the poll. I never which thought I would hear The Waterboy in the same category as We Are Marshall. Yes, I love that movie. <laughs> Better uh, Waterboy or Billy Madison? Which one do you prefer of the two? Billy Madison. My guy, Norm McDonald's in there. Oh, uh, R.I.P. Norm. Yep. What is the one, uh, the golf one? It's Happy Gilmore. Happy Gilmore. What's wrong? Happy Gilmore or uh, Waterboy? I go Happy Gilmore. Happy Gilmore all the I way. I think Happy Gilmore is the best of the of I think those the three. sports movie. Yeah. I think Happy Gilmore is the best of the three, right? I think so, yeah. That's, Happy that's Gilmore's kind of given us some, you, you got Shooter McGavin, and that's become its own it's a good little spin-off uh, Facebook or Twitter account. I think that's the way you go. Well, we've talked through this first segment here. Uh, just <laughs> Didn't talk any really about the game all that much. Well, we'll get to know. the game. I mean, look. We'll get there. I, I, great win. Tremendous comeback. Um, pirate defense took advantage of opportunities. I thought played well. Ehlers got rid of the football instead of holding on to it. He made quicker reads, got rid of the football. I thought Audio Matosho had, I hope, a coming out party because he was fabulous, especially the fourth quarter. Had four catches in the fourth quarter. They completed some big, I mean, they were three for three on third down, so they were they were big when it came to that. Ehlers 12 of 17 in the fourth. Passed for 368 on the day, 140. He also caught a touchdown pass through two. Offense looked good. Thought the offense played. Uh, Keaton Mitchell is the truth. 
I think the big thing about the offense and was what was really the key to the game and the key to the win was that they were able to make adjustments. We didn't see the offense make really any kind of adjustments in the first two games, and I think that's ultimately what costed us. You could see in that third quarter and then obviously yeah. the fourth quarter, yeah. they adjusted, and it was a whole different offense. The tempo was a whole lot different. Did a better job. I mean, what, five sacks through the first two yeah. and a half, three quarters, and yep. then? I think it was six, maybe, yeah. Did a much better job of getting rid of the football. That's what you got to do. It helps your offensive line a lot. Yeah. You get rid of the football. They, they, Ehlers was a lot more decisive in the fourth quarter. All right. Uh, we'll break. Let's talk some Carolina Panthers ball when we return. Uh, it is a big giveaway week here, too. Uh, I guess Wednesday we have some big giveaways planned, uh, Ben. Uh, the ultimate fan pack. The ultimate fan pack. All right. Details on that tomorrow because we have to sort out. We have some tickets to give away this weekend. But we're trying to shore up for something for the following weekend. We want, we've got them. We just got to confirm that we've got them. And uh, this is going to be a big deal for everybody involved. All right. So the uh, one and only Jim Zoki from the Panthers Radio Network will be coming up. By the way, you can hear the Mike Houston radio show following our broadcast here tonight. So uh, stand by for that. At 6 o'clock, it is the Mike Houston radio show from Logan's Roadhouse. A timeout will return. Uh, talk some Panthers. Our pirate report also still to come. So hang in there with us. This is Jim Zoki with the Carolina Panthers Radio Network. I'll be talking the latest on the Panthers and around the NFL next on the Patrick Johnson Show on 94.3 The Game and 94.3thegame.com. Every Monday during the football season, join me, Jim Zoki, as I talk Carolina Panthers football and the latest from the NFL with Patrick Johnson right here on 94.3 The Game, Eastern North Carolina's home for sports. More of the Patrick Johnson Show right now. Tonight down to 67. Tomorrow, uh, showers here or there in the morning, kind of intermittent rain in the afternoon, high of 85. Uh, rain making its way in Wednesday, but then a very nice uh, cold front will follow that. So I guess late Wednesday in the afternoon through Thursday morning, and then 76 Friday with lots of sun, crisp autumn-like air. Game day's looking good. 79, it's sunny. I like that. All right, here we go. Uh, it is the Patrick Johnson Show. No need to tear up the game plan if you're the uh, Carolina Panthers. No, no, no. 2-0, baby. 2-0. Panther Talk coming up tonight on our sister station, Talk 103.7 WTIB. You'll hear uh, this next man uh, on that. He is the one and only Jim Zoki. A little bit of a primer to tonight's 2-0 Panther Talk with Zoke as he joins us here on the Patrick Johnson Show. Break up the Panthers, Zoke. Well, why would we do that? We're playing well. Oh, <laughs> you mean that old phrase people used to yes. use back in the day? Yes, back in the day. The, the young people, the young people don't know that kind of phrase. I haven't had a chance the... to talk to Ben about this. You know, he's a Mets fan, and uh, which explains a lot about. I'm sorry, that. I know. Uh, did you watch that thirty for thirty with the Mets? Have you had a chance to the occasion to watch that yet, Zoki? I've not. I knew it existed. I know people said it was uh, well done. Really I well see done. It, but I, I've, I've not seen it yet. It's really awesome. Ben, have you seen it yet? It was really good. I have not. I have you got to check it out. It really, really was fabulous. If there's one thing ESPN gets right, 30 for 30. most of the time it's the 30 for 30 things. It really is. You know what they need to do, though? Hmm. They need to do a 30 for 30 on that fake high school that they aired a football game <laughs> from a month ago. <laughs> because you know what? Get in front of your own story. If yeah. you're a real sports organization, real journalist, I'm serious. They should do that because that's one of the most fascinating 
major sports frauds in front of the public. <laughs> in it really years. is. They should do their own 30 for 30 on it. That would be remarkable there. All right. Well, it's, I think they hire you know filmmakers to do that. I think the newly formed LLC of uh, Zoki Johnson and Byron Productions that we uh, could negotiate among the three of us here could. Uh, I think that's a Zoki Johnson B Baby production. Yeah, there you recall. go. Exactly. Thank you, Jim. You're correct. Uh, Jim, here's what I was really impressed with yesterday. Uh, I thought the defense was dynamite, and I thought uh, Darnold was, particularly in the first half, just on fire. I thought he's going to pass for 500 yards today. and uh, But in the second half, he he was okay, too, even though he didn't have the same gaudy numbers he had in the first half, but he was uh, he was pretty good. What say you on that performance yesterday? I think it's just a wonderful testimony that, in general, we can – they pick a 26-7 to win over the New Orleans Saints and find things wrong because there were things that were wrong. And you're right, the second half, two weeks in a row, we're not as good as the first half, and we still don't have <laughs> consistent kicking. I mean, there Wait are a still minute. things that are Wait a not right. And yet Where have we heard that before? Over New Orleans. Yeah. Well, so a quick turnaround this week, obviously, but let's, let's, let's talk about yesterday here. It's not exactly like the Panthers are getting a murderer's row of quarterbacks in these first three games. <laughs> but you know it, uh, Brady Manning and uh, and uh, whoever they are not getting uh, you know in, in this uh, these first three games, but still you know. It, but it's coming. We got Dak. We got Dak Prescott coming. Right. So, yeah, we got some stuff coming. Right. But a win is a win, and and look, if this team can bank wins, especially early. Who knows? That's a big thing. I think. Well, you know, you, you should beat the Jets. I hate to say that, uh, you know, I <laughs> I was saying this on the radio this morning. It's like, for a moment, it flashed in my head. I felt bad for the Saints because of obviously, what? first of all, the weather situation. They had, they're had they living oh, out of yeah. Fort Worth. They yeah. lost eight coaches to COVID. They were down three or four Pro Bowl players yesterday, about eight pretty good football players overall. But then I looked across the sideline. And I just got a glimpse of Sean Payton's face. I go, no, I don't feel sorry for that. That's not Peyton over there. I don't like him. I'm glad me and he's Jim so agree smug. on something. I don't he's, like he's him either. He's so smug. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I, I really the, the, DJ Moore to me yesterday showed glimpses, and I guess that's what we keep seeing out of DJ Moore. We see these glimpses that we think this guy could really be big time. He could be huge. Uh, why? Why is? Why? Why? Why aren't we talking about him as the great receiver that he is consistently? Is it because he's not consistent? I think it's. I think it's. We don't talk because we're not on. You know, Colin Coward's not talking about the Panthers and DJ Moore. <laughs> so I think we know. I think those of us who are in the, in the area know he's a good football player and he's been, he's been showing it. And the run after the catch, he did it in college. Yeah. He does it as a pro. So that's not gone away. And I think, you know, last year with him and Robbie Anderson were both 1,000-yard receivers. So it's kind of like he's not like just, you know, some of those teams just feed one guy and they get these gaudy stats. But at least with this team, you know, with McCaffrey back especially, it's going to be divided among three or four guys. And so I think that's probably why. It's like he didn't go for 100 yards. He didn't score three touchdowns because he doesn't have to because they're trying to use the tight end and do things a little bit differently. He also, uh, by the way, uh, Robbie Anderson tweeting out, our defense is the truth. Are they the, indeed the truth? Statistically, <laughs> they're the truth, uh, Jim. They're the number one defense right now. Yeah, they're uh, getting after 10 sacks in uh, two games and uh, getting takeaways and just constant pressures and deep. I mean, really deep on that defensive front four especially. So, yeah, I think, you know, if you can keep playing defense like that, that'll, that'll, that's one of those things that just holds up, like good pitching in baseball. That just, that just holds up 
over the course of a season. So if they can maintain that, and I like the attitude because that's the way they talk. He said, now, we, you know, like Brian Burns said, we've only done it two games. We've got to do it all the way through right. the season. Right. And he said, be consistent. So if they can do that, yeah, they're going to have something there. Jim, I'll be the first to admit, I was not always a big fan of Shaq Thompson. I'm going to eat crow here. Shaq Thompson looks like the real deal. I think I've even openly criticized him to you at some points. And um, I never really saw anything in him, um, especially when you're used to guys like Thomas Davis, you know, Luke Keekley, Dan Morgan, and so on and so on. And I never really saw anything in him. You know, coming out of college, you heard he was going to – he's almost like a safety hybrid. He's got these great coverage skills, and we never really saw much of that. And then now he's like, if you could pick a leader of the defense, he's the guy, and he's the guy that truly really stands out on what is statistically the best defense in the NFL. What strides have you seen him made in the offseason? I mean, because we know you're at the practices, you're at training camp, you're at the press conferences. What strides have you seen him made? What has he been working on? What's really got him to this next level that almost looks kind of elite here, like one among one of the best in the NFL right now? Well, for one thing, he's healthy. He was dealing with two injuries last year. He had the, you know, the shoulder and he had a lower body injury, too. But I actually asked that question on Panther Talk of Matt Rule last week because he was coming off at that moment the day before the 10 tackles, a sack interception game. And I said, you know, that, you know we've, we've been here the whole time. We've been here longer than Matt Rule watching Shaq Thompson play. That looked like his best game. And I said to him, I said, what, what clicked? What was it about this game? And he said, the difference is the guys that are around him. Because now we got, you know, Daquan Jones in there with Derek Brown in the interior defensive line. You got Hassan Reddick on the other side of Brian Burns. There's pressure and other things happening that are freeing him up to go into coverage or to go make the tackle more freely because he doesn't have to figure out how to do two or three different jobs at the same time. He can just focus exactly on what it is he needs to do because everybody's doing their job. So that's that's what his answer was as to why he's kind of elevated is that uh, you know they're deep enough that he doesn't have to think for everybody and and do everybody else's jobs now doesn't make him Luke Keekley, doesn't make him Thomas Davis, but I think we're seeing a lot better version of him. We've got Jim Zoki with his Panther talk on Talk 103.7 WTIB at uh, 7 o'clock tonight uh, up and down the Panther uh, radio network. You could hear it here on uh, Eastern Carolina's affiliate for the uh, Panthers for many, many years now. Our sister station, WTIB 103.7. Uh, because of the short week, I guess we have a, a bit of an update on McCaffrey's uh, status. Is he expected to be okay and a go for Thursday? Yeah, for you saw he came back in the game yesterday. It was a very hot day, warm day. As it's been, we've watched those college games that you guys play a part of on Saturdays. I was watching the game in Bloomington with Indiana, Cincinnati, and on the field it was like 105 degrees in Indiana on Saturday. So here it was hot, and uh, you just as good of conditioning as he's in. Uh, just dealt with cramping and it cost him two series uh, before he was right, and then kind of shared duties with the uh, Chuba Hubbard uh, a lot of the fourth quarter after that. But he's. He's fine. It is a short week and all that, but that's all it was. There's no injury per se, and just about getting hydrated and let your body heal and get ready for the next one. He had 29 touches despite missing a big chunk of the third quarter and had 30 touches the week before. That's a huge amount of work, and uh, he's up to it. But on a hot day, it caught up with him, obviously. So, Jim, it, uh, the Texans have announced within the last hour that uh, that despite Tyrod Taylor's injury, there will be no chance of seeing Deshaun Watson play against uh, Carolina. So, uh, what what do you expect out of them in that spot on Thursday? So they got their their rookie uh, out of Stanford, third round pick Mills Davis, would be the quarterback. He came in for Tyrod Taylor, 
in that game and uh, predictably, you know, being fresh and, and new and not preparing to, to play as a starter, eight out of 18, mm-hmm. one touchdown, one pick about a hundred yards. So, you know, he's going to be tested. As you said, it's the, you know, the Panthers defense is playing at a high level. So that'd be tough test for him, but you know, they've got, they've got Brandon cooks. They got Mark Ingram. So he's kind of plucking some of these former New Orleans Saints players. They got some talent down there for sure. And, and they do have kind of a little bit of a collegiate feel on their approach, the way they play. Uh, the game, not all the time, but there's some concepts that are more college level that will fit him uh, coming out of uh, being a rookie out of Stanford. So it'll be, a, it'll be an interesting game. And they're one of those you know, young teams that doesn't know any better. So they're not going to be intimidated by the Panthers or anybody else right now. Hey, Jim, uh, you guys have a safe trip out to uh, Texas. And uh, let's see if we can uh, run this thing to 3-0. and That's the plan. Hope we're, hope we're talking about that next Monday. Yep. All right. Thanks, Jim. Appreciate it. All right, guys. Thank you. Yep. Short week for our guys, though. They got to turn it around and head out there. Got to head out to Texas. Will be a busy Houston. man this week. He will be very busy. A condensed week, absolutely. Uh, according to Greg McElroy, he says Penn State would be fourth in the West, third in the East in the SEC, middle of the pack. You agree? I agree. Yeah, seems about right. Okay. The SEC. I'm not talking. I'm talking this year. They'd be fourth in the West. Third in the East in the SEC. Yeah, I can see it. Okay. Yeah. All right. I I I I, I don't know if I agree with that. Yeah. I don't know if well, I, I agree with it. that. Yeah. I I I Florida. I guess I don't know. I don't know if I would. I don't know if I would. That's just some of that nonsensical SEC talk. Yeah. All that is. It's too early. You know you, how you respond to nonsensical SEC. T- Talk is a yes or no answer. Well, you do whatever you do. What everybody else uh, is is done to some of these SEC schools. You you beat them. Yeah, there you go. You know, or you play them. T- I mean, look, or maybe these schools going to the Big Twelve. Kentucky didn't look really good against Chattanooga at home. Yeah. Uh, Alabama. Uh, Alabama obviously showed some some warts, right? So I don't know. I, I, I and look, I'm no Penn State fan on any level. For a myriad of reasons, but I just I find that an odd statement. All right, uh, we got to hustle here because we've got to get in some uh, pirate report coming up. So Ben, right now with an update uh, on uh, everything going on, sports world and beyond. Here we go. Thanks, Patrick. The Pirates, of course, had a big win over the weekend as they beat Marshall on the road 42-38 after coming back from a 17-point deficit in the fourth quarter. The biggest comeback from the Pirates since the 92 Peach Bowl. I'm sure fans are going to love that. Head coach Mike Houston had this to say to all the critics in the postgame. You had that feeling at halftime that this game was going to go down the wire. You know, I know we got down 17 there in the third quarter, but the kids never flinched. Uh, You know, they kept fighting, and I, I just... I, I just felt like if we got them to the fourth quarter, they have not had to play a complete game all year. We've been in two dog fights, you know, and, and they've they've been they've been done by the end of the third. So, um, and it's what happened. We got it to the fourth. Our kids were in better shape, better conditioning. We got the momentum, uh, and then we just had you know guy after guy just make really just gutsy plays down the stretch. And I mean, Holt Nailers. I mean, for all the hate and all the negativity and everything that he took for this past week, I mean, I, I would hope that he shut all of them the hell up. 
Elsewhere in college football, AAC Commissioner Mike Oresco has received a three-year contract extension through the June of 2025. Miami starting quarterback Derek King is expected to meet with Dodgers tomorrow to get his shoulder evaluated. He's listed as questionable for their matchup Saturday against Central Connecticut. From high school football, Fall for Central's game this Friday scheduled against Aiden Griffin has been postponed until October. Farm Central will travel to Williamston to take on Riverside instead this Friday at 7. From the NFL, Houston head coach David, David Culley has openly stated that for their Thursday night game against the Panthers, that Deshaun Watson will not be activated after starting quarterback Tyler, Tyrod Taylor's day-to-day and receiving an MIR, MIR, MI, MRI on his left hamstring. Excuse me. If Tyrod Taylor does not play rookie Stanford quarterback, Davis Mills expected to be the starter. Another starting quarterback and the Dolphins' Tua Tunga Viola's day-to-day with a rib injury. Tampa Bay head coach Bruce Arians reached out to free agent corner Richard Sherman. Chicago Bears say quarterback Andy Dalton remained their starter if healthy. The early tests show that there's no ACL tear after an apparent injury. And Cleveland Browns wide receiver Jarvis Landry's week-to-week with a sprained MCL. Wrapping up for the NHL, defenseman Zendano Chara will suit up for his 24th year as he signed a one-year deal with the Newark Islanders. That's going to do it for your 94th year of the game sports update. I'm Ben Byron. Patrick Johnson with today's Pirate Report on the flagship station of the ECU Pirates, 94.3 The Game. All right, uh, we're going to hustle through this because we've got uh, not a lot of time left in the show. Uh, Let's see here. Uh, Let's start with Coach Houston. Cut two here, Courtney, talking about Holton's play uh, after the uh, win against Marshall. You know, I said it last week in my news conference. You know, he's our quarterback, uh, and we're—I mean, it's—it's not—it's not, it's not the—you know—it's—it's it's a competition everywhere. But we're going to put the guys on the field to give us the best chance to win, and he gives us the best chance to win. And he played like it tonight, and just—just what a performance! And and but everybody around him—I mean, the guys around him made plays tonight. Coach Houston on uh, the Pirate offense scoring three touchdowns, not only in the last quarter, but really in the last three and a half minutes of the game. Yeah, I mean, again, the guys did not flinch. Um, you know, go down score, perfectly executed, um, you know, onside kick after the second score. Um, you know, a couple of big, big stops by the defense. And, you know, the defense was on the field a lot tonight, and they gave us some big plays, but they made the plays when they had to to win the game. I meant seven and a half minutes there, but I'm looking for something that I cannot find. So let's go ahead and get to the next cut so I can tell Ben in the break what I'm looking for. This was actually a, uh, a storyline that developed late in the week. It was really a sad storyline. Uh, Miles Berry, ECU linebacker, his father died due to COVID. Uh, He ended up getting the game ball after the game, and his mom was FaceTiming into the locker room. It was really a a wonderful moment. Uh, But uh, Coach Houston talked about Miles Berry, who was playing with a heavy heart following his father's death last week. You know, he was adamant that he wanted to play. You know, he he and his mom both, you know, his dad had said he wanted him to play. And uh, and we didn't know how it would go. Um, He was awarded the game ball in there in the the locker room after the game. I'm just – so proud of him. I love that kid. You know, he's, you know, the maturity, the young man that he is. And certainly he, you know, he's a, he's a guy that, you know, makes his parents proud of the man that they raise. And, you know, I've, I've, I said it to my wife the other night that, you know, I hope our two boys grow up to be a man like him because he's, he's first class and he handled everything this week with such maturity. And, you know, and he's, and he's hurting right now. And we just, we just got through FaceTime with his mom and she's hurting and it's, I'm just so happy for them that, uh, you know, they can have some happiness in, in what's a really, really tough week. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, this is uh, Holt Naylor's in the uh, postgame talked about 
uh, the way that the Marshall offense was able to pile up points and competing against them? There was, man. Um, we knew it was going to take, you know, they had a really good offense coming in. We knew that. Um, we knew we were going to have to score, and um, it's good to get back to that. You know, the last couple of weeks have, have not been what we wanted, but, you know, this week we came out here and we put a good performance together. All right, and then uh, Holton talking about uh, his thoughts on the uh, the play of the ECU offense. Yeah, you know, we spread it out. Um, we won a lot of, you know, two-by-two two sets. Um, we knew that that was one of their weaknesses going into it, and that's one of our strengths is, you know, spreading the ball out to those guys and letting them get in space and make plays, and they certainly did that. And the, the line did extremely well tonight. You know, they picked up the blitzes. The running back helped in pass protection as well and just gave us time. And this is Ehlers talking about uh, that the confidence that this will bring the Pirate team after coming uh, from behind down 17 in the final eight minutes to win the game. It does, man. Um, we knew kind of going into the year we wanted to at least get out of non-conference play two and two, and we have a good chance to do that now. Um, you know, it's a big one next week to get out of it two and two and head into conference. Um, you know, with some momentum. But you know, like you said, it's it's a long season. Um, our goal our goal is to get to a bowl game, and that's what we're focused on. Jaquan McMillan had a pick of the game. He also talked about uh, ECU's first victory, cut eleven here, and what that means. Just just getting that first win it only takes one to get that ball rolling. Like I said. Um, Playing as a team, I feel like we're unstoppable. We play as in together. We don't, I don't feel like we can be stopped. We 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 the hard work is already there. We we didn't put the work in. It was just coming out here on the Saturdays on game day and getting the job done. Well, there you go. That's today's pirate report. It is brought to you by Main and Mill Oyster Bar and Tavern in downtown Winterville. Great food and specialty drinks and craft beers. By Pitt Greenville Airport, convenient and comfortable to Charlotte and then anywhere on the globe. Greenville Marine Outdoor Shop, your one-stop destination for hunting, fishing, and boating supplies. And by Bill Clark Homes. Of course, they made that big contribution to Pirate Nation when they purchased the entire upper deck for the South Carolina game, the home opener, to honor first responders and our military. Bill Clark Homes, personifying pirates, supporting pirates. They all bring you today's pirate report. Uh, We need to get a break in. When we come back, we will wrap things up ahead of the Mike Houston Show here on 94.3 The Game. Miss a moment. Remember, there will be a test. You can log on to the brand new 943thegame.com for the podcast of the PJ Show. Plus, what's going on with sports in Pitt County and around the globe. And the latest home. It's the P Man here on 943 The Game. On Fox News and then CNN, but it's the same dang thing all over again. The world's in the toilet and the market's in the tank. Well, I can't fix that. All right, welcome back. There you go. Well, bro country, right? Yeah. Get some country more in this line up here. Look, if we're going to do this, I, I got to get, I got to approve that playlist. I'm pretty liberal on this. Yeah. But this bro country, new. Hey, fix a few new. drinks. About 92 Peach Bowl. That's what a lot of people are doing in Greenville over the weekend. <laughs> You're bad, Ben. You're bad. Uh, they're talking about this past game. What a comeback for ECU. Great in the fourth quarter. Limited Marshall. Um, let's see here. A uh, few uh, items to remind you of here, programming-wise, but also one of the big stories today, Mike, Mike Oresco getting a three-year extension to his contract. So he'll be the commissioner of the American Athletic Conference through 2025, mid-2025. Uh, it's coming up Saturday, 3 o'clock, Pirate Game Day Countdown, fueled by Bush Light. We will be on the air uh, with our uh, award-winning Fastest two hours in radio, Terrence Copper and myself back outside the Town Bank Tower. It's going to be a gorgeous day Saturday. Looking forward to that. 
Mike Houston show is coming up at six o'clock in just minutes here. So stay tuned for that. Uh, you can listen and have uh, coach talk about uh, the big victory, get his thoughts on the uh, game on uh, Saturday night as ECU rallied from 17 points down to the game's final seven and a half minutes. Also, uh, don't forget Panther Talk over on 1037, Talk 1037 WTIB coming up as well. You seem like a uh, you were enamored by that food truck on that one story. and I'm not a big food truck guy. I, I just, Really? Yeah. You know, like, I'll go, I've gotten to the point, I, if my wife wanted to go to the state fair, I'll go to the state fair. And I know the Pitt County Fair is starting, I guess, today. Yeah. Um, but the one thing I will say about the COVID is I can now say, I, I don't want to go. There you go. And yeah. this, this, so I don't have to go to my bag of excuses why I don't want to go anywhere or do anything. Because I do not, I mean, for years. It's a, you talk about the Masters as a tradition like any other. If I could figure out a way not to go to something I was invited to, I was working on that excuse to figure <laughs> did not want to go ever. I'll say ever. I'll say this about food trucks, and I, I think I see where you're coming from. Right. I always get excited for a food truck, and then more often than not, I find myself disappointed. Yeah. So I, I can see your so point there. On Saturday before uh, we came into the studios here, I took my wife to brunch, and she had a place she wanted to eat, and I saw the 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 people who were the I presume to be the chefs or the cooks outside smoking before they open. And I said, no, 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 no. So I suggested another place that was kind of a local place uh-huh. and it was really good. And I had not been there in ages. And I, and I got like some really good uh, food that I had not, I'd forgot this where this really good food was. Yeah. She hated it. So, I mean, this really, cause she wanted to go to even, even despite seeing the, the, the cooks smoking on a puffing on a long, a lung dart. They were, they're about to chef it up over there. I, dude, I want to know part of that. You just got to eat there. in now. You just got to eat in. Oh, it's just can't go anywhere. Can't go anywhere. Darn people are ruining oh, it. Oh, people are ruining everything left and right. Um, But, yeah, but we did discover kind of a, a hidden little gym, a little shop that was a hidden little gym when we went to this okay. other place. So I think I, I'm going to have to go there and buy her something from this hidden little gym to make up for the bad uh, brunch. I there you go. Uh, marriage. There you go. Ain't it grand? All right. Uh, hey, great stuff uh, today from Jim Zoki. Panthers on a short week. We'll preview that game Thursday. As we told you, the Mike Houston show is coming up. Our coverage of ECU, Charleston Southern, is coming your way on Saturday. Three o'clock. All right, we'll uh, look forward to talking. Uh, talk to you tomorrow, Houston Huddle tomorrow, Mike Houston. Well, one-on-one conversation with him for uh, Ben and Courtney. I'm Patrick. We'll catch you tomorrow, Patrick Johnson Show. Another season of Rose Rampants football is back on your home for Greenville Sports and the ECU Pirates. Let's go! 1, 2, 3. 94-3, the game. J.H. Rose football is brought to you by the 